Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Listen to me, and um, I've been my pastor, my friend for so many years, and uh, from the time I was young, we worked closely. He's giving me a lot of advice. He was the one who told me to marry for the first time. I had the thought had never even crossed my mind. <laughs> So, because of that, by the age of 20-something, I was married. Because he told me, I think you should marry early. And I said, well, then I'll marry early. So, I married early. The point, he said to me, look, I think you should be in ministry. I said, I am in it fully because I am also convinced that the call of God is upon my life. So... From there, we went through a lot of training and talking and traveling and so many things. And so many years have passed. And now we are here today. Put your hands together for Jesus for a man who has made a great impact. So I believe that it is good for us to appreciate him for the good work that he has done across the world. Amen. Some of us, maybe his impact on your life is indirect. In the sense that maybe it's Reverend Osayo or uh, Bishop Joel. By the end of the day, if he hadn't sent them here to do this work, you would not be here. You understand me? So there is always a connection somewhere. So we thank God for today and uh, for making it possible for us to celebrate this, Anna, your prophet. And like Jokumi said, it says, Anna means to say good things. Anna means to give. Wow. So I believe that you are going to give. Is that, is that right? Have you already given? Or you give? One man of God said, when it's my birthday, people send me text messages. And they encourage me. He said, those text messages that they are giving, they are making the phone company rich. And I am receiving messages. It would have been better to the money that was going to the phone company and rather send the messages to the phone company. <laughs> so make sure you remember. But before I say anything, I've got some books here. This book is titled Energy Drink. There are two different books. One is yellow, one is red. And uh, when we close, you will do well to buy one. It's $5. Nice book. It's a series of teachings about different aspects of life. Short, but very powerful. And I believe that each one will, will be a blessing to you. So this one, the calories is gentleness. This one, the calories is love. But 
energy drink, and uh, it will change your life. So make sure you get your energy drink. Because, you see, in life, you get tired. And one thing you need in life is you need energy. And you even need energy to love somebody. Sometimes you, you, you get tired. Even, even love, you get tired. So you, you need energy to continue. To serve God, you need a lot of energy. Otherwise, you will, you will be depressed and you will sit down. You will say, oh, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. When we remembered Zion. We hung our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They that wasted us required of us men. And they said, sing us one of the songs, the Lord's songs. And they said, how shall we sing the long song? They said, how? So you can get tired and you can sit down because even death can hold you captive. He said, they that held us captive. It, 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 it just takes your energy. Family problems can hold your belt like this. So, but you know what I've realized in life? The problem is not the opposition. The problem is your energy levels. Because even the opposition gets tired. So sometimes, if you have stamina at a point, the problem is, look, even here, I'm leaving. But you need a lot of stamina to be able to sometimes overcome some of these things. So I remember once I watched a documentary, they were showing how they, they capture horses. Now they use a helicopter to chase the horses for hours upon hours. And then and the whole strategy is to wear them down. So when they chase them for hours and they realize the horses are very tired, inside the helicopters are dogs. They open the doors and then the dogs come out. That's the final stretch. And then the dogs will now chase the horses. And these horses will be panting. At a point, they just stand. They are so tired, they can't move, although they are wild horses. And then the people get down from the helicopters and they are tracks. They just get down and hold the horses and push them into the track. They'll be going, no resistance. But you see, to me, even that helicopter, it runs out of fuel. If the horses were to keep on running, the people will have to go back. If only you keep on running, the devil himself will say, no, I am tired. Continue. So sometimes it's all about stamina. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 12 concerning Jesus, it says, consider him that endured such opposition of sinners against himself. Contradiction, can you say contradiction? My means opposition. Lest you be weary. So here the Bible says the thing you must fear is not demons. What you must fear is weariness. What you must fear is not curses. What you must fear is weariness. Because when you are weary, 
like the wild horses. The devil will just open the tracks and he will just come and push you in with little or no resistance. That's why you must be on the word of God. It's like steroids. Gives you energy to ram. You tell the devil, if you are not tired, I will prove to you that me too, I am not tired. One, but somebody will get tired, but definitely it's not me. I pray that God gives you energy for life. Real energy for life. So these books will refuel you, and this one is a revealed, a book I wrote uh, just this year. Powerful book, maybe this week, this tonight, I'll preach a little about it. It will be a blessing to you. But today, I want to preach on remembrance. Look at someone say remembrance. 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 To Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. It says, That ye be not slothful or lazy, but followers of them who through... F- Sorry. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name. The Bible says that there is something about God. It says he doesn't forget. And here it says that it is unrighteous to forget. Sometimes there are people who are married, and maybe your partner helped you to reach a certain point. But sometimes when people get a standing, they forget but the Bible says, as for God, he is not unrighteous. You know, when you are climbing a ladder, the first three ranks, after you climb it, you don't need it again. Because you may be on level rank number 20 or 25 or 30. So you need 26, 27. So you can look down and say, the first three is not important. But you have forgotten that without the first three, you will never have gotten to 20. It's not possible. So, they are very important. So, the Bible says, God is not unrighteous to forget. You know, practically, this thing, this particular scripture, it, it um, is real to me. One day, years ago, one day, a man walked into my office and he said, Pastor, I want to come and bless you, a stranger. That stranger gave me $5,000. Then I asked him, I don't know you from anywhere. Why this $5,000? He said to me, many years ago, I was not born again. I was working on the streets. He said, at that time, you were about 19 or 20 years old. He said, and you witnessed to me, and I gave my life to Christ on the road. Then he said to me, you asked me, do you have a Bible? And I said, I don't have a Bible. So he said to me, the Bible that you were holding, you gave it to me, and you wrote your name, and you gave it to me, and you signed it. He said, you told me, this is your Bible. This is my Bible. I want to give it to you as a gift. So he said, I took the Bible. He said, I have the Bible up to now. I said, today I have the Bible, I read it. 
Then he said to me, now time went on. After I became born again, God prospered me. And when God prospered me, this man said, he started a bank. So he became the owner of a bank. He and another guy, they owned the bank. So he said, I, I was doing my quiet time. And I, I read the Bible. So I always use that Bible. And he said to me, I have been following you and how you are progressing in ministry from that day till now. So he said, today I came and this $5,000 is for you to buy another Bible for yourself. I was shocked. I mean, over 25 years have passed. Cast thy bread upon the waters. After many days, you shall find it. I was surprised that a Bible I gave about 30 years ago, that Bible had returned. Meanwhile, I could not remember anything. But he remembered. So the Bible says, as for God, he's not unrighteous. To forget. But somebody may say, oh, I have served God and look like God has forgotten. Well, it is not just what you do. It's what you do and also you must meet the conditions. He says, to forget your work. In other words, there is something you must do. When you do something for God, he remembers. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 4, he said to the church of Ephesus, I know your works. Revelation chapter 2 verse 9, he said to the church of Sardis, I know your works. Revelation chapter 2 verse 13, he said to the church of uh, Pegamos, I know your works. Revelation chapter 2 verse 19, he said, I know your works to the church of Titara, which means that if you do something for God, you sing, you, you sweep, you arrange something, you teach children, he says, he knows. Amen. Revelation 13 verse 14, he says, blessed are the dead, are they who die in the Lord from henceforth. They shall rest from their labors and their works follow them. So it doesn't follow you only in time. It also follows you in eternity. So, remembrance is one of the qualities of God. And I can say from experience that it's true. God does not forget. Many years ago, I used to pastor in Kumasi, a city in Ghana called Kumasi. And I pastored a church of thousands. Then Papa said I should move and move to Accra, where I came to pastor a church of about 200 people. Now, for that church to get to thousands, it took me about 14 years. So when I got to Accra, it was, my mind was that, ah, it's going to take 14 years to get to where I was. But that church of 200, within about two, three years, it had gone to thousands. And everything I had lost, 
it has just come back into my hands. Then I realized practically that it is true. God is not unrighteous to forget. He doesn't forget. I lost my house. Within a year I arrived in that place, God had built another house for me. Jesus appeared to me personally. He said to me, a year from now, I will build you a brand new house. I started, I started from zero. And I was wondering, how is it going to be like? How is he going to do it? But he did it. He also said to me, within two years, I'm going to build you an auditorium that sees 5,000 people. Within 23 months, it was done. A lightning speed. Then I realized that that my labor of 14 years. I mean, God had not forgotten. So somebody may ask, so how is it that I have worked, I've not seen it? There are certain conditions. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. In other words, your motivation. What motivates you to do the work? It's important. It says it's not just the work, but what motivates you. It says if your motivation is love for God, then it counts. So it's not just work. What motivates you is also important. Because, you see, we can come to church for various reasons. Somebody can come to church because somebody is owing him some money and he's looking for it. But he's dressed nicely, so you cannot tell. It's only God who can tell. Man, look at the outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. Somebody can come to church dressed very nicely because maybe he's got some nice clothes and he wants the other girl to see that, yes, I'm also in town. Motivation. Some people, even they come to church because their girlfriend has left them and they've heard that they are fine girls in the church, so they have come to look for another one. Motivation. So, it's key. What motivates you? For God so loved the world. That's his motivation. First Corinthians 5.14, the Bible says, the love of Christ constrains us. In other words, that is our motivation. Sometimes it can become because of money. Then he said, not only that, he said, you have showed towards his name. In other words, your motive. Why did you do it? Maybe you did it for the pastor. It's not scoring. It's good to do it for the pastor. But the final motive must be God himself. 
very critical. So sometimes somebody can say, oh, I have done this, but God doesn't remember me. The question is, there are, the issue is, there are conditions attached to it. Your motive. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, the Bible says, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other words, to the praise of God. Your motive is God. Colossians 3, 17 says the same thing. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. So you see, you can do things, but the question is, who did you do it for? Very important. Did you do it because they are sharing posts and you want one? Did you do it because it was like if you don't do it, somebody will not be happy? All these things, they are, they are important things that have to be considered. So it's not just any work. Because Every man's work shall be tried to find out what sort it is. So 1 Corinthians 3, 11, he says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, and that foundation is Christ. In other words, the motive must always be Christ. That must be the foundation. Now, when these three things are met, the Bible says, ha. the Lord will remember his holy covenant and Abraham, his servant. Psalm 104, verse 25. He will remember his holy covenant. Not only that, he will also remember Abraham, his son. The Lord remembered Israel. Exodus 2.24 God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and had respect unto them. So God remembers. May God remember you. I said may the Lord remember you. Because sometimes you can feel forgotten abandoned by human beings, people you have helped, people you have supported, people you have pushed, people you have encouraged, when they get to a part where they don't need you again, they seem to just forget you. God remembers. So he says that you be, he says that God is not unrighteous. To forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. And we desire that you show the same diligence to the full appearance of faith until the end. In other words, when you do something, it's like you don't receive any benefits. It discourages you. 
You come to church, you give offering, you pay, but you don't seem to see any benefit. It will discourage you. Diligence means instant effort. But Paul said, if you remember that God doesn't forget, he said, it helps you to be diligent. You show the diligence to the full assurance of faith until the end. Then verse 12, it says, that you be not slothful. In other words, lazy. Because when you don't receive a return on investment, your hands can grow weak. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Remembrance. Today, I want to talk briefly about two things you must remember. You know, if, so if God is righteous, which means that to forget is not a righteous thing. So what are two things that a righteous person must remember? I'll tell you. Number one, the word of God. A righteous person must be able to remember the word of God. Why? Very important. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, Moses said, All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe. That word observe is a Hebrew word. One of the definitions of that word, it means to save. When you save something, like you save a file, it means you want to remember. So that word observe, it means remember. He said not only remember, but to do. So he says one thing that a Christian must not forget is, is he must always remember the word of God says you must observe, remember. Don't only remember, he said, do. Then he talks about the effect of remembering God's word. Number one, he said, you will live. Live. When he says live here, he's not talking about physical living. He's talking about spiritual living. When God placed Adam in the garden, he said, in the day that you eat the fruit thereof, you shall surely die in Genesis 2.17. He wasn't talking about physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. He said, you would die. When you don't remember the word of God, spiritually, you die. And one thing that dead people cannot do is you can't communicate with a dead person. When somebody dies, you can't communicate. Even if his mobile phone dies, the battery dies, you can't communicate. The communication ceases. So when you remember and you do it, one thing that happens is that because spiritually you are alive, you are able to communicate with God. Because spiritually, you are alive. Somebody asked me, how can I hear the voice of God? It's a very simple. You know, people can teach you on how to identify it. But to really hear, it takes the Holy Spirit. 
So in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice. Not my goods, but my sheep. In other words, if you want to hear his voice, just be a sheep. And a sheep is somebody who remembers his commandments and he does them. And because he's alive, he's able to hear the voice of God. It says, you will live spiritually sensitive, able to communicate with God, spiritually alive. Because when Adam forgot and disobeyed, he was driven out of God's presence and the communication ceased. When Abraham gave birth to Hagar, against what God had told him that you should have a child with Sarah. God did not talk to him for 16 years. In Genesis 16, 16, the Bible says, and Abraham was first called and six years old when Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. Then he moves to Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, which is the next verse. Now, when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, between the last verse and the next verse, 30 years have passed. From 86 to 99. For 13 years, the man that God was directing to the promised land, he, he, now he couldn't hear again. Why? He couldn't remember. He couldn't do. So spiritually, his ears, he couldn't hear anymore. 13 years of silence, no word. So God said, remember the word. He said, you will live. It will make you spiritually sensitive. Then number two, he said, you will multiply. You know, in this world, multiplication means strength. One thing that God's word does is that it builds your strength. Mentally, you become stronger. Emotionally, you become stronger. Spiritually, you become stronger. Physically, you become stronger. It builds strength in every area. And you need strength. Why? Because now Times Square is very strong. Very strong. You need mental fortitude. You need, you need courage. Courage. You know, this morning when I woke up, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Adon, he said to me, do you know what it takes to operate in this place? I said, no. Then he said to me, you don't have to plug into the system of the world because they created it and they are the masters of the system. And he said, immediately you plug into it you have already lost the game. Because the man you are playing against is the one who designed the game. 
It's like a lottery machine or a gambling machine. Already you have lost. The man who designed the gambling machine already has calculated his profits. He knows it. You can never beat a gambling machine. It's not possible. Because it has been designed to let you lose. So he said to me, if you use the methods of this world in this place, you'll be defeated. Because the methods and the strategies and the principles were designed by the God of this world. So you are playing according to his game. So he said, what you have to do is that you must confront the whole system with the principles of God's word. Amen. That one, it is not his game. Now it's your game. That's a prophetic word to you this morning. That's the word of prophecy. At dawn, he woke me up. That's what he said. So, Pastor Mark, before you came, I was meditating on it. And as I, I, it made sense to me. It's like you are not tuned into the world system. You don't have a mobile phone. You're not on Facebook. You don't use any electronic, electronic equipment. You live in the woods. Nobody knows where you are. If someone is looking for you, it's very difficult. But once you tune into Twitter, Facebook, this time, you have tuned into Google and technology. If somebody is looking for you, he will find you smart. You have connected to the system. Once you disconnect to find you, it's very difficult. You cannot be found. So the Lord said to me, many people are losing the game because they are playing the game with the rules of the world. How can you beat somebody who made the rules? And he said to me, my principles, they look rudimentary, they look rough, they don't look sophisticated. But once you move out of that sophistication, the enemy will be scratching his head saying, what is this? Because he doesn't understand. You have moved into another paradigm, a paradigm shift. That's by the way. But this one is a prophecy. He said to me, I don't. So I said, you need strength. You know, and that's what the word of God gives you. It gives you mental strength. When you read the word of God, it makes you wiser. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.15, As a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. Psalm 19 verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Your, your, your mind, you become super intelligent and super wise. If only you remember. It also gives you emotional courage. One thing you need in this world is courage. I 
Africans generally we are timid people. Black people are timid. When we make plans, we make small, small, small plans. But you see, it's a law, a lack of courage. To inherit your land, you need courage. That's why God said to Joshua in Joshua 1 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why did he tell him that? Because, you see, he opened the sea into two. He performed wonders, brought manna from heaven, miracles, destroyed Pharaoh, whatever. But, you see, the people were cowards. So still, they couldn't enter the land. So God told Joshua, he said, where we have reached, you don't need more power. You need courage. He said, you don't need more prayer. You need I have done everything that I know to do. Courage. Take courage to set up your own business. You know, I've always wondered, how come many Africans in America, I don't live here, but it, was, I, it occurs to me, how come we don't have business owners? Everybody seems to be working somewhere. myself. You know what it is? Lack of courage. You can go for prayer meeting. But you are still a coward. The other day I was telling uh, Pastor Michael, my friend, when Houston, about three days ago, I said to him, personally, I'm an architect. I said to him, if I were living here, I will be building, I will be an architect and a contractor in the real estate mogul. That's the work I'll be doing. The whole line, building my own houses and selling them. Because I see people building houses. And I said, ah, so why don't we build houses? It's not demons. That's for the demons we've chased all of them into the sea. What is left? It's courage. Put your hands together for you. That's what is left. From today, may you be courageous. You see, whatever you are doing, I remember the first time, years ago, I was watching TBN. I was a, a young preacher. Just preached for about two years. I told my wife, I said, one day I'll be on this thing. I said, one day, you see me on this. And now I'm on it. I said, I'll be on it, preaching to the world. Courage. But you can say, I mean, I don't know where the money is going to come from. You know, these things. <laughs> so the Bible says, God told them, he said, remember it. It will build your strength. Physical, mental, spiritual. God, there are demons also you have to contend with. 
The higher you go, the more demons you meet. Courage. Then he said, number three, he said, if you remember the scriptures, he said, then you possess the land. In other words, whatever God designed you to have and to do, you will be able to do it. God has big plans for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not too late. Tell your neighbor, I'm stepping out. Because you can be sitting there and say, Pastor, you know, now nah, it's a little bit later. Do you, you know my age? Listen. That's why you must read history. When you read history, you will see that it's not everybody who flowers early in life. Some people, they flower very late. Even in ministry, it's not everybody who flowers in ministry very early. Some people become great after 60, when they enter ministry after 60 years. The great man of God, who was called Derek Prince, when he came to America, he was about 60 years old. He had no house. He had no car. He had no money. He had no savings. He was about 60 years old when he came to America. Then he started doing ministry in America. He said, within seven years, from 60 to 67, he had turned into a worldwide minister and a multi-millionaire within seven years. Ask your neighbor, how old are you? <laughs> I see you rising up. But as soon as you want to move, there is this demon which says, remember your age. <laughs> you see Lakewood Church? It was started by Dodi Austin. John Austin, John Austin sorry. Uh, Joel Austin's father. But do you know when he started it? After retirement. Yes. He retired from Southern Baptist Church. As at that time, he had never pastored a church of more than 200 people before in his life. So, he was an old man. And it looked like, oh, as for this man, his churches will always be small. So, when he retired, then he started Lakewood Church. Within two, three years, the church had grown to over 10,000. His most powerful work was in his old age. Some trees flower early, some trees flower late, but every tree will flower. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Every tree will flower. As long as you are ready. Don't abandon your dreams. When your dreams die, you will die. Keep on dreaming. Some people became more time millionaires, like the KFC guy, Kenneth Sanders. Kenneth Sanders had very little education, 
he went to the army. When he retired from the army, he virtually had very little skills. But what he could do is he could cook. He started KFC. Look, if it were a typical African, you would say, this man is too old. He's finished. But you know, he didn't stop. He moved on. That is why it is important to remember the word of God till you die. Look at your neighbor say, I feel the power. Say, I feel the energy. You need some, you need some excitement in your system. Once I had a generator, it wasn't working. So I called the repairer. I said, come and let my generator start. Big generator. When he came, I asked, why is it not starting? He said, the generator is not excited. I said, excited? Generators need excitement? He said, yes. So he took some wires. Then he just, you know, used it to touch some part of the generator, and I saw little sparks of fire. Then he touched on that side. Small, small, small sparks. And I asked him, what is this? He said, I am exciting the generator. He said to me, that generator needs a little bit of energy, just a little bit, for the whole engine to come on. So after this, for a then he held the key and he turned it. And the generator, I said, wow, this morning I'm here to excite you with some little sparks. I always say I'm excited already. There's a big engine lying inside you. The only problem is that you are not excited. You may be seated. Remember the word of God. You will live, you will multiply. You will possess. You will be who God made you to be. But some of us have given up. I can see it in your eyes. But you don't need to. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, it's not permanent. I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, it's not permanent. The Lord shall be a light round about me. Remembrance number two. We should remember people. Remember people. That's why we have Anna, your prophet. Remember people. You know, it is easy to forget people, especially people you don't see. David said, he said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? You know, David was a very merciful man. 
One day I asked the Lord, why do we see in the Bible the sure mercies of David? The Spirit of God said to me, we have that term, the sure mercies of David, because blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. In other words, when you sow mercy, you reap mercy. David was a very merciful man. If you look at his history, the number of people he showed mercy to, interesting. There was a guy who came to curse him. Sheba, the son of Baikra. Somebody said, Joab said, give me a sword, let me kill him. He's cursing me. David said, no, leave him. Perhaps God is using him to teach me something. Saul, he could have killed him. He said, no, let me have mercy on him. How can I stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed? Once they went to war, some soldiers refused to go, and they came back with their war booty. Those who went, they refused to share with the other soldiers. David said, no, even those who didn't go, we are going to share. The only person David did not forgive, one of the people, one of the things that David could not forgive was if you mess with his women, that one you'll forgive him. That one, you have stepped on a snake or a scorpion or something. That one, he'll forgive you. There was a guy called Faulty. When David ran away from Israel into the wilderness, this guy married David's wife, Michael. Yes. When David became king, he sat on his throne. The first thing he says, he said, where is my wife? First thing he said. Then they said, oh, he's married long ago to some guy. He said, really? Bring the guy. <laughs> he killed him immediately and remarried the woman. So he can forgive everything, but his women don't try. You have stepped on a Scorpio. So here he is again, showing mercy. You see, but he remembered. Mephibosheth himself, who was Jonathan's son, he had not done anything for David. But David remembered his father. He said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. So that servant came and he said, look, there is a guy called Mephibosheth. He's broke. He's lame. He's useless. He's just a burden, a drain on the society. He has nothing to offer. David said, where is he? They said, he's in the house of Omeo in Loriba. The house of Machir, the son of Omeo in Loriba. Verse 5 says, then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of, of Machir, the son of Omeo in Loriba. When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, when he saw David, the Bible says, he fell on his face and did reverence. David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, behold, 
I said, what? Then he said, fear not. I will surely restore. He said, everything that you have lost, I will bring it back. May God bring everything that you have lost. All the lands of Saul, thy father. And he said, you shall eat bread continually. That's my deal. Verse 8, the guy said, who is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? He remembered. I mean, he didn't need him at all. This guy was of no consequence. But David remembered. The guy was far away. But he remembered. Hebrews 13 verse 7, it says, Remember those who have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or lifestyle. Remembrance. That's why we have another prophet. We remember. God, you can take this for granted. You may feel that, oh, I mean, it's nothing. It would have been that way. Anyway, it's not true. Our children, the influence of the church, had it not been for the church, do you know where they will be? If, if some of them are not that serious, they would have been worse. One day I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is that we have so many churches in Africa? But the people, we don't really see much. He said to me, thank God for the churches. If they, are, if they have not been there, <laughs> it will be worse. It will be worse. So, this another prophet, I believe, Bishop is a prophet. I believe that it's a spiritual thing. Just before I came, let me share this testimony with you. That's about two weeks ago. There was a gentleman that I knew. And I was talking to him and I said, do you know what? I think you should honor the prophet. He was a rich guy. He said, really? I said, yes. I said, it's a blessing. To be a blessing to you your family, your business. God, I believe in spiritual things. As for spiritual things, it's all about believing things. That's what the Bible says. Believers were the more added to the church. Not calculators. Believers. All about believing. So this guy said, look, I've honored a prophet. So this guy, he gave me $10,000. He said to me, give it to the prophet. I want to honor the prophet. I said, wow. So I went to Bishop. I said, Bishop, this guy says he wants to bless you. $10,000. Whoa. Powerful. Then I went somewhere. This is all this thing happened within the space of 
24 hours or 48 hours. I think it was Saturday, 24 hours. I, went, I also went somewhere. And I was sitting with somebody. We were eating. The person is not even a, even a member of Lighthouse. We were eating. And as we were eating, we were chatting. And he's, the person said to me, oh, you know, prophet, you have been such a blessing to me. You've changed my life. You've impacted my life. I think I want to be a blessing to you. I said, really? The person also opened a bag. Do you know how much he gave me? $10,000. Wow. <laughs> then I said, ah, this is the fastest return I have ever seen. Return on investment. I was shocked. But I realized that something happened in the spirit world. You see, because that guy, if I originally, he wanted to give the 10000 to me. Then I said no. Yes, he gave it to me. I said no. I said, look, I think I want, I want you to use this money. Oh, prophet. So don't give it to me. So I let it go. Within 24 hours, this happened about three, three weeks ago or two weeks ago. 24 hours, I sat down. I realized that the thing that I said, let it go, immediately it was back in my hands. Then I said, hey, this thing is dangerous. But you see, whatever you sow, the harvest is always bigger. So this one is the beginning. I'm waiting for the rest. <laughs> Put your hands together for Jesus. I am waiting for the rest. These are spiritual dynamics which I cannot explain. Neither can you explain. But the Bible says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double on first Timothy 5:17. So as I close, I want to encourage you. I don't know how the loss of God's work, but we can believe it. Understanding, we will not understand. But believing, we can believe. It was a blessing to me. Real, 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 real blessing about three weeks ago. Couldn't believe it, but it happened. So as I close my little message on remembrance, I want to encourage you that God is not unrighteous to forget. May he remember you. May you also not forget the word of God. Always remember. Don't let your needs override the word of God. Sometimes your emotional needs, financial needs may force you to go to, to, to transgress the word of God because you have needs. But don't let your needs make you override the word of God. And let's remember those who have the rule over us. And God will bless us. Put your hands together, stand to your feet.
Listen. I'm coming to just pray because of the afternoon thing. I'm going to pray for just a few minutes and I'll sit down. But I want to say something. I feel that in the realm of the spirit, I can sense that we need a revival. When I say revival, this revival, I'm not talking about people coming to the church. I'm talking about you yourself being revived. Amen. The revival of your dreams. The day you lose your dreams, it means your life has come to an end. When people stop dreaming, it means they have lost hope. When they lose hope, it means they've lost energy. And sometimes it's because of the opposition out there. You look at it, it's so strong, and you are using worldly strength to combat it. I told you, remember, that you are playing with somebody who designed the machine. You will lose. Don't play by his rules. Let him play by your rules. So I want to pray that God us, empower us, anoint us with fresh oil. My home shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Lift up your two hands, begin to pray for God to revive you. Whatever dream you have, Whatever blind you have, don't abandon it. It's never too late. It's never too late. Don't say it is late. It is not. When God started using Abraham, he was 75 years old. It is better to try than not to try at all. Always better. May God revive your spiritual life. He revive your dreams. May He revive your aspirations. May He revive your energy. May He revive your excitement. I pray for supernatural excitement. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray for a few minutes. Fresh dreams, oh God. Fresh strength, oh God. Fresh oil, oh God. Fresh energy, oh God. Fresh fever, oh God. Fresh anointing, oh God. Romayala basata kabari and dava hari and dava kabari and 
Romayana basata kambahari ganda bahari ganda bahari Romayala bahari anda bayala basata kabakabari Ramayala bahari anda bakabari anda Rimadi anda basata kabari anda bari anda bakaria Romayala basata kabari anda bari anda bahari anda bari anda Rimayala bayana bari anda bari anda bahari anda ba Romayala hane kabari anda bari anda bari anda Ramayana bahari anda bakari anda bari anda Romayala bala bala bari anda bari anda bakabari anda Imadi anda bari anda bari anda bari anda Romayala bari anda labai anda bari anda bari anda bari anda bari Ayana bahari anda bakari anda bahari anda bari Romayala bahari anda bari anda bala 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 Romayala bari anda bari anda bari anda bababi Romari anda bahari anda baka Ramayana bahande Ramayana bari anda Ramayana bari anda Ramayala bayanda Romayala bahari Rosata kaburi anda Ayala bala bala bari anda bali aba Romayala bala bakari anda bari anda bali aba baba 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 Romayala bala 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 Revive us again. Let your spirit within us revive us again. Lord, revive us, revive us again. Revive us again. Let your spirit within us revive us again. Lord, revive us. Revive us. Again, again, revive us, revive us again, again. Let your spirit within us, let your spirit within us revive, revive us again. Lift your two hands, say, Revive me again. Revive me again. Again. Revive. Revive me again. Again. Let your spirit. Let your spirit within me. Within me. Revive. Revive me again, miracle worker, miracle worker, come and do a miracle, a miracle today, come and do, come and do a miracle, 
Destiny changer. Destiny changer. Destiny changer. Come and change. Come and change a destiny. A destiny today. Come and change a destiny. A destiny today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Ooh, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working To lay hands on some people. If you are here, you are discouraged. I want to lay hands on you. One sign that you are discouraged is when you lose your joy about something. You are no longer joyful. It's a sign of discouragement. Once I remember I went to Maryland, I met a guy who was suffering from depression. He had been taking drugs for eight years. I laid every day he has to take the drugs, otherwise he can't move out. I laid hands on him and the joy of the Lord filled his heart. You know, the joy of the Lord is joy that has no mean, that has no explanation. Most people, their joy is based on circumstances. So when the circumstances are not right, they lose their joy. But the joy of the Lord is based on the Holy Spirit. So whether things are up or down, you are bouncing around like a football. Because it's from supernatural sources. So as I lay hands, I pray that God will fill you with joy. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Supernatural joy. And when this joy comes into your heart, it affects your performance. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 4, the Bible says, He shall not fail nor be discouraged. In other words, the one major source of failure is discouragement. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. One major source of failure is discouragement. Miracle worker. Miracle worker, come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Destiny changer, destiny changer. May your destiny change from today. Destiny changer. Come and change a destiny, a destiny today. Come and change a destiny, a destiny today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. 
Oh, your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, you're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, you're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Lift your two hands and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the joy of the Spirit. The joy of the Spirit. Let supernatural joy break out in our hearts. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. The Bible says about Jesus that who for the joy that was set before him grant us a joy for life itself. Joy for your work. Joy in serving you. Joy in our own lives. Joy in our marriages. Joy in whatever we set our hands to do. Let us be joyful. So that we may have energy to perform. Oh, Jesus. I see a dove. Two white doves. I see them settle on some people's heads. And the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Oh, I hear somebody begin to laugh. Somebody, holy laughter is about to break out of your spirit. God is doing something. Holy laughter. Holy laughter. Holy laughter. Holy laughter. Holy laughter. About five more people. That thing is coming upon you now. Holy laughter. Holy laughter. This is supernatural joy. Somebody, the power of God has just hit you. You are about to scream and laugh and you jump and receive it 
now in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Touch them. Touch them, oh God. Touch them, oh God. Touch them, oh God. There is a fire on you. Holy fire. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yah. Your name is Receive. Join hands. Join your hands. Lift it up. Father, I thank you. Let the current of energy, the current of the anointing, the power of the spirit, begin to flow from my hand let it enter every heart let it enter every mind enter every spirit supernatural energy supernatural joy let it flow through your people now thank you i feel something like electricity this electricity is moving from my hand and is passing through oh jesus thank you this is the power of god you are being energized. You are being energized. You are being energized to study, finish school, go further, have bigger dreams. Receive. Your name is. Your name is. Your miracle working. I see an angel holding a bottle. There is something, a liquid. The liquid is yellow. But that liquid is like liquid fire. And the Lord said to me, an angel is about to drop and pour this liquid on people's heads right now. And I said to him, why? He said, the spiritual blackness and darkness and the spirit of fear and discouragement will disappear as this oil is poured. Thank you. I see an evil spirit like a snake leaving somebody now. Just as this oil has been poured. An evil spirit. The depression or the discouragement that you are in, this one is an evil spirit. Father, I thank you for deliverance. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Mm. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you. Father, I thank you for your children. I thank you for the work you have done in the realm of the spirit. I thank you for impartation. I thank you for grace. I thank you for the spirit of joy that brings energy. I give you all the praise. 
Everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. In this meeting, I'm believing God to do God will do supernatural things in your life. We are about to close. And um, shall we pray? Every eye closed. If you are here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or you are backslided, you want to say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. You are here like that. Lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Lift your right hand and we'll pray. You are here like that. You want me to pray with you. Lift your right hand and let's pray. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Today, today, I rededicate my life, I rededicate my life to, you. to you. Help me to serve you Help me to serve from the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of my heart. Grant me grace to be able to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that you died for me. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your Come and live in my heart. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus for hearing my prayer. For hearing my prayer. Amen. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, Please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com.